This meeting is being recorded. Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam Karavavahai Tejasvina Vadhita Mastuma Vidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Hariyom everyone. Hariyom. So, uh, just to quickly summarize what we uh, discussed in the last GD. Uh, I know some of you uh, did not uh, uh, participate in the last week. And uh, unfortunately, I had some uh, issues with my uh, laptop and I couldn't upload it as well. And I just uploaded it today, uh, just a few minutes back. So, hopefully you should be able to get that. Uh, so, uh, in the last week, uh, we discussed... Uh, from shlokas 24 to 27 in, in uh, chapter 4. And uh, uh, I'm going to quickly summarize the way that uh, uh, the shlokas are organized here. So it, shloka 24 talks about, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the very famous shloka, Brahmarpanam Brahmahavihi, Brahmagno Brahmanautam, Brahmaivate Radantavyam, Brahmakarma Samadhina. So it basically says that everything is Brahman. No, and uh, it uses the analogy of a yajna, a sacrifice, and it uh, explains that uh, the fire, the uh, uh, the offering, and how you offer everything is Brahman. And the most important thing about uh, that shloka is that uh, the the person, the individual who sees uh, that everything is Brahman, is the one who uh, attains Brahman. That's what that's the key uh, uh, key thing. So then it goes on to talk about the different types of yajna or uh, sacrifices or, you know, selfless activities as what uh, uh, we would, we should probably interpret in the, in the current modern ages. So it talks about different types of sacrifices and then uh, just reading it out from the notes. It talks about the uh, uh, sacrifice done by karma yogins. And there it seems to indicate that, you know, the karma yogins uh, will probably um, in progress. Offer, offer everything. It's me. Yeah. So uh, it talks about uh, sacrifice by karma yogins who could offer it to, you know, various gods uh, as their Ishta Devata or whatever, and then uh, uh, offer it. Then it also talks about uh, some other people offering it as a direct sacrifice to the, uh, you know, uh, Nirguna Brahman itself. Then, uh, then it goes on to talk about few other uh, types of sacrifices, where now we start looking at the BMI concept, and then then it says that some other some people offer the uh, uh, senses into the fire of sense control. So basically, you know, they control their senses. That's what it says. And, and that's done as a yajna. Yajna means uh, like a sacrifice for, 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 the, for others or for not for benefit for themselves, right? And then it also talks about uh, some other people who offer the objects into the senses. So if, if you're attracted to a particular object, then you kind of, you know, um, you don't, you don't act on it. And that's where we had this uh, a huge discussion about mangoes and all that stuff in the last uh, GD. 
and Chitra, who's conveniently missing uh, today, um, is supposed to have eaten some mangoes for on all, all our behalf. We do not know. We hopefully we'll have to get some report from her on that. Uh, then uh, it also talks about some other some some other type of people who offer all the functions of all the organs, the karma, jnana, indriyas, and the panchaprana in the fire of self-control, the yoga of self-control. That is lit by knowledge, jnana lit uh, fire of self-control. So that's what we spoke uh, and discussed yesterday. And most of the discussions yesterday, uh, last week was uh, centered around, uh, you know, uh, using some examples, which was mangoes is what we used as an example. And we had multiple discussions. There are a couple of things that uh, stood out for me. And I think, uh, I don't recall, I've been trying pretty hard what Muku said last week. Uh, Muku used two examples and then Alpana said one thing uh, following that. I remember what Alpana you said, but I don't remember what Muku you said, the two things. So the three things that stood out for me uh, was, was these, uh, the, these things Muku said and Alpana you said. I can summarize what Alpana said. Alpana said that in, if you're not able to eat mango, just assume that somebody else is eating mango and just feel happy about it and it works. So that's one thing. I do not know Muku what you said. Do you remember what you said? We also tried to uh, recollect you, me and Ashish when we met last week, but I could not. I think what I said was when when we uh, when we when we do the samarpan to Brahman, right? Or when we eat it like I'm Brahma. Uh, sometimes if we get the mango, it's easy to do the samarpan. But if we don't get the mango, we get frustrated. So I think the the whole that attitude of samarpan that's, needs to be for both cases, right? If we get mango, also you should do it. And and I think when I said that, Alpan added the comment: when you don't get the mango, then you uh, somebody else will eat it. So that is a, that's how it built. Wonderful. Now I think the connection is, uh, it's all done. I think it looks like that's the beautiful summary of what we discussed uh, in the last uh, satsang. So with that, uh, you know, anyone can pick up and share your aha moments from Shloka 27 to 32. So, um, uh, Guntax, before uh, we start on uh, today's uh, this thing, I think uh, in the last week's session itself, there were five ways, right? One was uh, the Deva Yagna, second was uh, uh, Brahma Yagna, and uh, the next three were kind of related. One was the um, senses, sense objects, and the functions of the senses. I did I get that right? These were the five things before, right? right? And uh, in today's uh, this thing, he builds upon those five yeah. and adds seven yeah. more, uh, yeah. seven more ways of uh, uh, yagna, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's okay. a, it, it is the senses, the objects of the senses, and all the functions. all the organs functions. of action. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Guntax, if I may, I, uh, when I went through this, I, I felt that it was the same as Vairagya, isn't it? Uh, if you talk about sacrifice, does all, doesn't everything, everything go into the umbrella of Vairagya or because I got a little bit confused with these 11 or something total sacrifices, 12, right? 12, yeah. Uh, so the way I interpreted it, uh, uh, Guns, is uh, 
yajna is not vairagya yajna is a any form of action you do is yajna that's how he defines yajna right and it can be uh, you know like a real yajna where you uh, have uh, offerings of wealth right that is uh, that, that's the first one in today's uh, section right and the second one was about uh, 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 the last one was knowledge before that was study uh, one was yoga and uh, one was wealth and the second was something i missed uh, i forget but uh, yeah these are the yeah. five different ways in which you can do but i did not think it was vairagya one of the things was around um diet etc but uh, mm. yeah you are right things. i mean th- this is this was the source of my confusion actually you was talking about sacrifices then there's service to the world and service to the community yeah Everything that was the wealth part like, yeah, yeah. um uh, so that is also part of a, a sacrifice like offering of your wealth and even offering of what is in your mind uh, as a yagna right the the yeah, mind yagna yeah. uh, i don't know the name of it um and when i went through it i thought that does this sorry does this fit into the framework of sadhana chatushtayam in any way or this is kind of a different framework that's where i i, I started getting a little confused because i always had in mind sadhana chatushtayam is like a comprehensive thing right when you go up through all of that then you you travel the path so uh, i i don't think that was an aha it was just a confused confused no, see in sadhana chatushtaya the third one is shamadamadi right some of them are basically shamadamadi in this in this combination yeah. it's not necessarily about the mind and the senses yes Uh, just one point is that uh, and, and not ab- every action is yagya but every action can be made a yagya and the prerequisite is that it needs to be offered to the god only then it becomes a yagya so any action yes will become a yagya if done with those qualities that uh, you know it is uh, not for your benefit it is for the benefit of others and it is offered to the god and whatever you partake uh, it is a prasad Mm. So so in that interestingly sense, though uh, sorry 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 i finished no 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 yeah so then it become every action can become a yagya yeah mm. so guns i will i talked i talked about wealth yoga um no, uh, study and knowledge as the four the fifth one was in fact austerity that's the one Not that austerity. you were referring to that that's the uh, th- those are the five in that uh, 28th uh, shloka that yeah yeah so in the mod in the in the in the current context you know the the question is uh, how many of us do the actions without the yagya or i should not say how many i, I should ask probably you know in what context do we do actions but not yagya quite frequently whenever we have the 
desire for the result, I guess it cannot be called a yajna, right? Um, true yajna, you should not be worried about the fruit of the action. The fruit of the action is uh, whatever, dedicated or uh, given up. So I guess, yeah, whenever so we, we'll, we do something. Yeah, uh, Uday, I'll give a kind of a cheeky example where several of us were involved all at the same time. Me, Krishna, Ajay, and VP, we did the walk in uh, Tiruvannamalai, right, in February. But I can guarantee you there were several times we were thinking of the breakfast that we would have <laughs> after it was completed. So, uh, it, so let's say that that breakfast wasn't waiting for us. Just to add to that, Gunz, uh, I think the fact also remains that what kept us going to the end was some element of faith, right? That, uh, you know, the Lord will sort of see us through. So there was kind of both sides to it, if you will. Make sense? In your case, you, you had a lot of trouble. So definitely the, the faith kept you going. Yeah, no, actually, right. I mean, I think you, were, you, you and Krishna were walking rather steadily, but for us who were struggling, I, I really didn't have food on my mind at that time. It was like, how am I going to finish this? And what force do I need to get it over the line? So yeah, it's slightly different, but you're right. right. Raji? I think your question is that in what situations we are acting, but that act is not with yagya, you know, with the sacrifice, right? That's the question. So I think any any action that we are taking either for, you know, pain avoidance or pleasure seeking or addressing our own chronic insecurities, right? I mean, you know, as they say, what keeps you awake at night? And I mean, at least, you know, however, you know, spiritual one may be, you know, if I know if I have an 8 a.m. presentation to the board of directors or, you know, then I'm working much harder, but I'm basically working to save my skin. I don't want to be humiliated. I don't want to be, you know, caught unaware. So I think any action which is either pain avoidance or saving your skin or trying to save your face or seeking pleasure, you know, is action. Of course, you may say, God, please save me. I'm dedicating this to you help me stand by me, all that you may say, but basically you are driven by trying to save yourself, right? Or to get some pleasure or avoid pain. I think all those actions, you know, would come in the, are very different from what is being talked about in that, you know, in yeah. that shloka, where you're saying, boss, I am doing it for Krishna's pleasure or, you know, that it's a, the paradigm or the space from which you are acting is very different you know, in, in the examples which I cited versus what is being mandated here. That's my take. In the extremely well said, Rajiv. So the, the question then follows is that uh, how do we change the paradigm of the space? Let's <laughs> take the 8 a.m. meeting that you talked about as an example. right? So I'll give you my personal example, how I have managed, you know, because I mean, I've, I'll tell you how I have finally managed uh, to reconcile that, you know, saving one's skin as well as, you know, remaining connected in all your actions to God is, I think the only one thing, uh, 
is 100% surrender. When I say 100% surrender, that means, you know, realizing that my working hard or having a night out in bits language has actually zero correlation with the final outcome. I mean, after, you know, working for such a long time and so many experiences that like, you know, the day, the way, you, the day you go well prepared for a compre, that time you can't even open. You don't even know where to start. And sometimes you are playing cricket before the compre and you crack it. I think once you realize this, that, you know, once you realize the, uh, how do you say, lack of correlation between your effort and the outcome, and you also know that there have been times I've goofed up, but I've been saved. There are times I've really slogged and I've been, you know, hanged. And once you get that and, uh, you know, then that attachment to the karma, the outcome, anxiety, ego, you know, yaar, I'll say in my Hindi, typical Hindi style, yaar, band bajni hai to bajni hai, yaar. you know, koi bacha nahi sakta to, yaar, hai, yaar, koi nahi hai, mehnat karenge. I think that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the way. I think that that connection gets established because once you're able to dealing your ego, your effort, maine ye kiya, and then you say, look, boss, mere karne ke baad bhi pitai to ho sakti hai, yaar. To boss, dekh lena, yaar. Tum unko pitwana hai, to pitwa dena. Bachana hai, bacha lena. <laughs> That's, I don't know, very crude way <laughs> of putting it, but yeah. Well said. Anyone want to react on that? Yeah, just, just Rajesh, I mean, uh, just going through that list of 12, I mean, you can sort of, I mean, I can relate to most of them, but the fact remains that everything that I do is largely at some level, in all honesty, with the small eye. I mean, the, the effort is all towards the benefit of the small eye at some level. Is that okay? I mean, I mean, when I'm doing sort of pranayama or puja or you know, some, you know, practicing austerity, chaturmasya, or whatever, right? At some level, I'm like thinking that this will help the body-mind, right? So how does sort of one think about it? Because that, that's some, for me, at least that's sort of, that's the first step in a way, but that's the reality also. No, that, that's a beautiful thing. I think, you know, we, in our, in our path, this is how I understand, right? In, in our path, I think we'll go, we'll have to go through that phase. And once we go through that phase, then what happens is, uh, whenever we do anything, you know, there's, there'll be this, the mental resolution, right? That you have the sankalpa is what we call it. That the, the color of that sankalpa, the, the, what you will do the sankalpa for itself will change. Like what, you know, Rajiv was saying, right? Like, you know, uh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do everything, but still, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's done for the small eye, right? And, and uh, then at the same time, you say, okay, surrender to the God. But sometimes that conflict will, will happen. And I think we will have to go through that phase, but over a period of time, the sankalp itself will change. For example, you know, when, you know, you took the example of Chaturmasa, right? Like, for example, when I first started Chaturmasa, my, my goal was to reduce weight. And that's like small eye, right? But now, uh, you know, the, the sankalp itself changes completely. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, you know, you, you start with the body, the anamaya, and then we say, okay, you know, breathing exercises help my prana. And then, so you kind of, at the end of the day, we're still on the, you know, the five sheets. And so the question is, 
yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's probably a, a process where you start with something and hopefully that kind of take you higher in your goals. If you see page 311, the last three lines, to some extent, mm -hmm. you will get an answer to some extent. You know, it says it's, uh, you know, the austerities are invariably taken in the name of the Lord. It is very well known that the Lord of compassion who feeds and sustains even the lowest of the low can gain no special joy because of a devotee's self-denial. So, mm. and then he says, but it is generally done in a spirit of dedication so that the seeker might achieve some self-control. This activity in some extreme can be very painful and is undertaking in order that devotee may learn to control himself in his sense life, which is basically small and let's not try to you know fool yeah. ourselves by you know <laughs> trying to grab but by dedicating it to the Lord, it just becomes you know easier. It just becomes it just gives you a sense of purpose. It just uh, you know, but I think it says very clearly. I mean, I don't know if that was your question, but yeah. uh, clearly Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all doing it for ourselves and hoping that we will kind of get better in terms of a lot of the things that we're talking about. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this part of the discussion what we're having because I think this is really hitting, hit, hitting it home. In fact, I was uh, on the same lines. Um, the click... See, if you look at that sloka where I think you're referring to, right? On, on one end, you're just doing the material. Then there's a, the, the next type of yoga is, you know, the one with the austerities and then, you know, one with the yoga. And then I think the way I kind of reflected based on our mango discussion is, you know, um, see, when like, you know, uh, when we eat mango just with identity, uh, right? Like Ajay was saying, the small I, I'm eating mango, right? With no other context. Uh, then you are, and then you say I'm sacrificing the mango. That's kind of one end of the spectrum, right? This identity, the small I, you believe you exist, and you believe the world exists, and you may have some idea about God, right? Those three concepts: Jiva, Jagat, Ishvara. Uh, then you you get exposed to uh, the idea of God, and then you start doing samarpan to God, right? Which is kind of the second part, uh, you know, uh, where you exist. And there is a little tangible God exists, right? Then you start surrendering uh, the outcome to the God, right? Kind of that's the second part of the, the Gita. Then you start getting exposed to the idea that you and God are the same, right? Which is the Advaitic principle, right? So the so the so then slowly you merge into the yoga practice. If you truly understand yogic principle, then the yoga is a union. They say you and God are, the principle is you and God are the same, uh, right? And then Advaita, the knowledge is the knowledge stream that emphasizes this whole principle. You, God, and in fact, Jiva, Jagat, Ishwara, you're all same, right? Uh, even though it, uh, Brahman is only one that becomes Ishwara, the Brahma is the one that becomes the world, and the same Brahman is you. That is the whole knowledge pool that talks about it. So it, it is to me an evolution of in a spiritual journey. We all go through that, right? Starting, I mean, 15 years back before exposed to Gita, not exposed to Gita or Gurus, you know. I believed I existed and I believed the world existed and God will help me to take care of, you know, he'll give me what I need the next, you know, better, better marks or, you know, whatever, right? The promotion, more money, whatever, right? So I will do Yajna with that context. 
and some people may not even believe there is god that's perfectly okay some idea of god is what i'm saying either it exists or cannot exist and then you start slowly traveling based on your exposure knowledge to the other end of the spectrum so i think it's more of that evolution and and also the other click i had was i think one of the earlier slokas we talked about we debate we discussed quite a bit about um the karma yoga the upasana bhakti yoga and the nana yoga right so it's almost aligns in parallel uh, towards mumukshu's journey right from where he starts uh, one end of the spectrum and and moves on to experience the other end of the spectrum that's how i at least i correlated that shloka it was, it was a pretty big uh, aha moment late last night i was just inter- and also discussing with my wife you know how this shloka is laid out that's how i at least i i understood that shloka so well said muku so can somebody help me with this uh, you know one of the things which i didn't sort of connect with is that how does pranayama link with uh, with uh, surrender i mean some of the others are easier to to kind of correlate but the pranayama and is uh, the pranayama piece identified quite get i think yeah, the, the pranayama shloka uh, yeah. and the next shloka are both techniques right so that's that's what kind of how i uh, how it evolved right so he he talks about concepts and i think in those two uh, shlokas bhagwan's giving pranayama and the second one where he talks about in taking the food right nirahara yes, yeah. kind of idea yeah ahara yeah yeah uh, so both are both are techniques right to experience that shuddha kriya uh, in fact there's a if you want i can share my uh, my guru had spoken quite elaborately on that one shloka and that was one of the big clicks for me over the last 3 4 years one of the practices i do every night is that that when the way my guru elaborated that one i can just share it offline mm-hmm. it's a 20 minute but he just expanded on that shloka and i never heard anybody speak the way sugar expanded there as a technique uh in fact most nights before i sleep i listen to that and practice that it, it, he links it to the uh, to ramana maharishi's type of a uh, who am i type of a teaching from that shloka it's very one of i i love that uh, interpretation of that shloka i can share that as i offer yeah please that is very helpful okay. yeah it is a technique basically this is all our concepts and that's that's i really love the way bhagwan does it right he slides slides in a technique right all these are intellectual concepts right? knowing all this is not going to help till the, there's a way we start cleaning up the uh, the whole identity right to move from the smaller i towards merging with the larger i um, so that is a very powerful technique both the slokas are techniques that's why i read it at yeah. least 20 yeah but i do i too interpreted it that way uh i say that uh, this will help you the pranayama will help you to get to where you want to be in terms of peace of mind and focus and all of that right so you you can start off with uh, with that is the way i understood that, that uh, those two cha- uh, shlokas as well yeah makes sense thanks in the shloka is you know first he talks about pranayama and then he goes to talk about prana you know mm. so basically he's you know first he's talking about pranayama as a technique but then he elaborates here ki pran kya hai so what are the five dimensions of pran 
but now so i think your question is how does pranayama help in the path right is that your question ajay yeah i mean Large. you know yeah if you look at uh, all the other other kind of uh, you know uh, practices uh, it kind of connects with that sort of the bigger sort of brahma arpana sort of theme right whereas pranayama seems more like a like like who was saying it's more like a thing that you do I mean, it feels certainly is kind of different from the other eight or ten or whatever see if you look at you know this is a, if you to look at art of living or you look at you know several westerners who have taken this you know from india and they call it breath work breath work you know many of you guys who live in the us it's very well evolved there so essentially you know in one line what it is it is if you deep study the psychology very deeply you know the amygdala and all that basically it is a relaxation response in a nutshell what this pranayama technique does is that instead of our reptilian brain where you are always in flight and fight mode and traumatized yeah. and bstd so this pranayama is a way to trick your body because it slows down your breath once you slow down your breathing your oxygen consumption so it's a way you know if you are relaxed then your breath you know you breathe you take deeper breath right if you're excited then you your breath is shorter so this is i'm just trying to summarize of course you must be knowing it but this pranayam technique as such triggers the relaxation response which basically allows your gives a signal to your brain ki bhaiya let go you know get out of this flight and fight response of the reptilian brain and amygdala is you know fully charged up kuch karna hai kuch karna hai, you know and your threat perception so that's what all these techniques are doing basically all the pranayama techniques are essentially yeah. trying to do that to you know whether you call it mindfulness to some extent vipassana art of living breath work taking away you know your mind from this continuous churn of thought you know to sort of that that's what it does and once you trigger that relaxation response now what's the connection to spirituality then you get connected to you know once the clutter is removed then you connect to something deeper within you yeah that's right and and there was i think one description i was reading that both these uh, techniques which is pranayama and uh, you know control over eating it essentially helps you conserve your energies because for example when you eat incorrectly uh the whole digestive system you know kind of consumes a lot of your energy and therefore you're kind of uh you know not focused right and and i, I guess it's the same with the pranayama piece where the pranas are kind of sort of more calm and aligned which then helps you kind of with all the other things that you need to do so yeah no that's fair enough that makes sense so ajay let me just share my my insights about pranayama right so if you at multiple levels one is uh, uh let's let's take it at a at a at a mind mind body level and rajiv when muku what what you were saying is is as a that it's a technique it will help the mind and all that is absolutely right but think about it this is how i think about it right so you look at our body mind there are two sets of activities that are happening one is voluntary activities one is involuntary activities okay examples of voluntary activities are you know talking walking stuff like that okay involuntary activities are digestion breathing circulation your heart beats all that stuff 
So then again, then, then you, you put this in a two by two matrix, okay, voluntary, involuntary, what you can control, what you can't control. Very, very soon, you will come to only one quadrant. You can control only voluntary activities. Involuntary activities, impossible for you to control. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the technique what pranayama does is to enable you to start controlling your involuntary activities. Okay. The involuntary activities, like I said, you know, I use the physical involuntary activities, like, you know, uh, breathing or digestion and stuff like that. By doing pranayama, you will be able to control those involuntary activities as well. Number one. Now, number two is uh, when you start controlling the involuntary activities also, then the energy will start getting con conserved a little bit more. Okay. And once you start conserving the energy, whatever energy, you know, whether it is mental energy or physical energy, whatever it is, then you can direct that energy into a particular avenue that you want. Correct. All right. So, so essentially pranayama is that technique that will help you to gain control of not just your voluntary activities, but also involuntary activities in your own body at a body mind level. Think about this. Okay. So I used gross examples of digestion, stuff like this, involuntary activities. How much of our thinking is actually voluntary? In my view, 99% of our thinking is involuntary. It happens, just happens. How can you gain control on that? People say, you know, my mind is impossible. It jumps like a monkey stung by a scorpion and, you know, drunk with uh, liquor. But, but it need not be. You can actually control your mind. And here Bhagavan is giving, the, giving us the technique. It's an involuntary action, but there is a voluntary action that you can do called pranayama, which acts to control both your mental involuntary activities and physical involuntary activities. That's why you'll see some of these people in this Kumbh Mela and all, right, who do this pranayama technique, they don't eat for years. And you can also not think for years or th not think negatively for years or think only positively for all your life. You can gain that control. That's one, that's one way of looking at it. But you know, that's, that's what I used to have as, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, as a quote-unquote theory for doing pranayama for a long time. But in the recent past, uh, you know, uh, let's say about four or five years uh, uh, back, one of the things which struck me was that uh, uh, it's, it's almost impossible for us to be, to guarantee that we're going to take the next breath. Okay. If you have released out one breath, what is, it, what is the guarantee that you're going to take the next breath? Because we don't have that guarantee or we assume that we have the guarantee, we plan everything else in our life. But now you let go of that guarantee. Now there is no guarantee for taking the next breath. Then what happens? You're dedicating it to somebody else who's controlling your, your breath. Say the last, last piece again. I, I didn't quite catch that. I'm saying, you know, if, if, you, if you know that you can't, you can't have any control on the next breath that you can take. You can't be sure about that. But okay. you know that there is another entity that who is going to, who is in charge of take, you taking that next breath. Then you just dedicate it to that, that entity, Perfect. that principle. That's very well said. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Then it becomes like, you know, every breath is like a blessing for you rather than, you know, thinking that it is my right to take my next breath. It, it's no more a right for you. Yeah, that's the second level that you're talking about. I'm yeah, that's the second level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that, you know, I never thought about it in that fashion for mm. a long time. For a long time, I, you know, I did this two by two matrix and all that stuff. But 
Although this is fine, you know, you can explain to the Western audience, but that's not a reality. That's that's just one aspect of it. Nice, thank you. And I think Rajesh, that's well said. Also, you can extend that to a third level of understanding where it becomes uh, context for understanding the union between you and God, right? Uh, so you you do that as a pathway or, or a way you can experience that the God and you are the same or the Jagat, right? That principle of oneness. Um, that could be a that could leave, give to a deeper level of understanding there also or an experience there. So the same action but different contexts. Done with different understandings. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I would I would think that uh, uh, you know uh, each one of us should try pranayama. Okay. Uh, and I will, I will caution you guys uh, not to hold the breath in, but just sit for five minutes and just you try in and out and just pay attention to that breath. And the moment you start realizing that uh, this breath is a blessing, then the whole perspective of life changes, actually. Try it for five minutes. Untax, uh, this is uh, even described in this, uh, you know, thanks to Rajiv, I, I actually got the book here and was referring to it in the, in 428, right? He, he actually talks about it. He talks about it in uh, Yoga Yajna, uh, devoted worship, not exactly Pranayama, but he calls it Upasana offered to the Lord of the heart when performed without any desire or motive. It's also called yoga. No, that, that yoga is used in a different context, that word. That's how I understand. That is different? Yeah, it's different. That yoga is not the Patanjali yoga where pranayama is talked about. That's uh, slightly different. Ah, yeah. This is upasana as in meditative state, right? Okay. So that is not pranayama. And Rajesh, I'd just like to support what you said, you know, that uh, especially if the mind is agitated, right, then pranayam is a far bigger aid and easier thing to crack than even con trying to meditate for, for the agitated mind, you know. I mean that, you know, it's a good segue or, you know, it's a good preparation, whatever you call it, much easier, you know, what it needs to be done. Otherwise, if the mind is highly agitated for whatever reasons, depending on what, what's going on in your life and, you know, you may think you're meditating, but it may not happen. So I fully agree that, you know, pranayam, even for a small time, Absolutely. short time, can be helpful. Actually, somebody reached out to me about uh, uh, one year back, asking me to teach uh, meditation to, you know, to somebody who is extremely mentally disturbed. And once they dis describe that person, I immediately told them that, you know, I cannot teach meditation to such a person because it's impossible. And in, in, in my view, that person at that stage actually did not even need pranayama. He needed physical yoga. Okay. So I told him that, you know, please get him enrolled in one uh, yoga studio where he will go uh, and he will uh, do yoga there. Mm. And only then pranayama can be taught because pranayama can't be taught at a, when you're quote unquote mentally disturbed. Yeah. 
Hey, Guntax, actually, that reminded me of our meeting with Swami Ji. This topic came up with mentally disturbed people. And he said, never ask mentally disturbed people to meditate. Because the mind is not in the state to meditate. But that's a new one uh, for me, uh, for me, Rajesh. Which is, you said it looks like you say what you what I'm hearing you say is that the three steps are uh, hatha yoga, pranayama, and then meditation. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Okay, and that's interesting. I never, I always, I never thought about connecting the three in terms of stages. No, that's why you have the ashtanga yoga, right? There's ashtanga, before yeah, that also the yama niyama is there. Yama niyama yeah, asana, pranayama. Dharma, it sounds obvious now, but yeah, it didn't occur to me. Yes, I missed one. Pratyahara and Bifida missed. But 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 Rajiv, you're right. I mean, I've you know when I've I've been sort of sort of agitated, disturbed in my head, and I've tried to meditate. It's impossible. Uh, but it is definitely easier to just take deep breaths, breaths, which is pranayama, effectively. You're absolutely right. I was about to add that most meditation routines start with uh, this thing of pranayama, isn't it? Uh, at least uh, the two or yeah. three um, uh, techniques that I uh, have uh, come across, it starts with uh, pranayama and then, you know, you get Even the sessions that uh, Rajesh took for us a uh, couple of years back, we would do about 10 minutes of, uh, of pranayama or some breathing exercises and then, then go into meditation. So yeah, you're right. Sorry, Krishna, you were saying something. Oh, no, no. I was about to add, add the same thing. So it's Ashtanga Yoga, you are do the Yama Niyama and then Asana Pranayama in that order. So it's uh, starting from the very gross all the way going to the subtler and subtler uh, thing. One more thing to add along the same lines of people thinking of oh, this Western uh, meditation and then they translate it to Dhyanam and then say, I'll directly do this as like a patchwork. But that's like the seventh stage just before Samadhi. So you don't directly go to seven. You do all the other things before uh, before you try to do the hardcore uh, meditation. There is a Bajagovindam verse uh, which says Pranayamam Pratyaharam Nitya Anitya Vekavicharam. And it, it, so I think it kind of actually consequently follows two other previous verses which says uh, be controlled in uh, all the things that you consume, both both the food as well as the, the census voice. And then it leads to this shloka. I just remember the first couple of lines. It's uh, So it says pranayamam pratyaharam. Do this every single day. And then you are doing nitya nitya vivekaha every every single time. So it's a very nice connection to this uh, Bajagovina. Beautiful. I find that like the Bajagovindam is like a very, very uh, prescriptive for early, early beginners like us. It's it's like every single shloka is saying or it's trying to pull you back from, from what we think of as like the real enjoyments uh, with sense pleasures and the world and family and all those things. And every shloka is like that kind of ties you back saying, this will go away. This is not true. This is not permanent. And, and everything has like this very nice uh, prescription to kind of at least first come back to think of Govinda, Bajagovindam, and then it slowly proceeds from there. Kind of, I think it prepares you for the, the next step of Shravana Manan and Nididhyasana.
And also, one other thing I noticed uh, is that uh, it's not that uh, pranayama and uh, you know uh, well-regulated diet or uh, the sloka thirty what it talks. It's not that these are the only techniques. These are the additional techniques which Bhagwan is giving in addition to the previous ones. So those are all techniques. Even for example, dhanam is also a technique. For what we got to figure that thing out, right? It's all it's all techniques. It's just that some of them are physical techniques. Some of them are you know, at a uh, energy level, some of them exactly. at a mental level. All of them are techniques. Twelve techniques. That's how I slotted it in my mind. Actually, eleven techniques to get to the twelfth one, which is four point two four. Correct. <laughs> correct. 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 Oh yes, I was I was missing one. Yeah, I was wondering which is the twelfth. Thanks, Alpana. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, no, in the same. I only, I only wanted to. Yeah. Sorry, Krishna. Go ahead. No. No. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rajiv. I only wanted to request Krishna Bhagwan ji yar an extra de dete thoda detail mein SOP de dete techniques ka to life easy ho jata hai is bad you know if you had just given the SOP as you know an extra with the clear 10 point or 20 point you know life would have been much easier to follow we are all SOP people so, but this the is thing sampler na isme se jo pasand ho us pe research kar lo <laughs> किसी ने भी इसका एसओपी नहीं लिखा है विच इज द रीजन दैट सो मेनी गॉडमैन यू नो क्रिएट देर ओन स्टफ and put a stamp of divinity to say look this is the way i mean even if you say take pranayama you know i mean the current current uh, living godmen you know there will be at least five or six distinct techniques within pranayama and i'm talking only of the living masters i'm not even talking of so that's why i'm saying ki agar wo ho jata to life thoda easy hota it would not at least it would have had the you know real stamp of you know the scriptures but i don't know any scripture which clearly defines you know the 10 steps of pranayama or the exact technique of meditation or the you know others are easy nam you know yam niyam sacrifice you know wealth that part is slightly intuitive but if you just talk about the the per se technique at least i have not come across any scripture which clearly defines it it's just the as and because they say is there is no only thing they say rajiv is there's no single way like there are many ways <laughs> in fact rajiv if you, you hold on reach for the a, same yeah. rajiv if you hold on for a few more shlokas i think bhagwan here says go to a living master <laughs> who's a, who to learn right i mean i think comes in the next batch next four five shlokas so right rajiv it only shows that pranayama is the is one of the least significant techniques <laughs> I, I didn't oh, get that importance to be given to it. <laughs> More importance needs to be given. What did he say? No, no. I said no undue importance should be given. <laughs> you can give only certain amount of importance, but not too much importance. Right, right. Don't overdo it. <laughs> don't overdo it. Don't even think about over. Don't even uh, think the overdo the thinking about pranayama. Yeah. Sure. Which which nicely connects to what I was about to say. So the next line in the Bhagavadam is Kuru Avadanam Mahadavadanam is uh, do it very carefully and do not be hasty to get the results. 
And I think that ties to also the meditation portal, like as beginners, when people want to do, they want to see quick results, or at least sometimes I have done this before, started off with like half an hour or one hour uh, meditation session, which is uh, too much. So you want to start off very small, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever technique you are doing is to do it very uh, limited. And then depending on how your rest, other 23 or 23 and a half hours is, based on that is what this 10 minutes to 30 minute of uh, session of pranayama or meditation is going to have effect. So better to work on the big side before increasing and optimizing the small one. So on the topic of pranayama, one thing I wanted to also mention, and you know, it's my responsibility to caution all of you, please do not hold your breath within your lungs till you lower it properly. You can just do in and out, but please do not ever hold it in your uh, lungs consciously. Okay, that's very, very important. I suggest you please don't do it. Actually, uh, this time when we were there, uh, Swamiji suggested that don't hold the breath in. After okay. you breathe out, then hold. Yeah. Then it's easier because then it, it, there's no uh, this thing, uh, scare of it going somewhere and causing problem. So, yeah. so after you breathe out, then hold it if you want to. Hey, um, funny you say that that's like the best way to bring your mind under control. It's like the one thing the body cannot do is without breath. So you stop breathing, your mind will immediately come back to, oh, I need to breathe now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a question on, on this particular aspect, like the SOPs as, uh, as we are talking about, I thought the SOPs are fairly clearly laid out for at least for yoga. Um, I got reminded of, uh, you know, the, the Paul Brunton book where he goes and he starts meeting so many yogis and, and then he lands on this first uh, one of the yogis who knows like 110 postures of the yoga and Guntax, you're probably uh, one among them. Um, so he meets this, this person and he thinks that he will train himself. And so that, that guy visits him for a week and actually I think for a month or something. And they go through like 65 different postures. Uh, and, then, and then Brunton realizes that this takes a lot more time. And uh, that's when that yogi tells him, I've been training for 15 years and I'm still not there yet with all the 110 uh, different postures. And then the next stage is the meditative state and, and the various different states. So I think there is an SOP, but there are several interpretations of the SOP, I guess, right? I mean, if, if we want to follow that, that yogic path, you, you do have those stages laid out. Pretty clearly, I thought. The yeah, point is, all of them are valid for a certain set of people. You just have to figure out what is valid for each one of us and then follow that. Mm -hmm. And maybe the what you follow may not work out for, <clears throat> for you after some time. That's still okay. Move on. 
Yeah. See, I'm not sure whether the SOP is there. I mean, I think it, we can take it up maybe another time. But uh, for example, if you just take Vipassana, you know, where Mr. You know, Sri S. N. Goenka ji, you know, got the technique from Bhutan. Now, even in a well-established, I would say, reasonably well-documented, you know, thing about Buddhism, you know, even Vipassana. by mr you know by shri goenka ji and other vipassana and mindfulness also has shades of differences right like this anapana ye wo jo bhi hai so i what i am saying is that especially for the meditation and pranayama something endorsed by the scripture which is you know not subject to interpretation by any god man or any self proclaimed or enlightened master कि बॉस ठीक है मैं ये बोल रहा हूँ बट देखो वहां लिखा हुआ है रेफरेंस वहां पर है कि मेरा नहीं है वो कहीं नहीं है दैट एटलीस्ट आई एम नॉट अवेयर इफ समी इज अवेयर यू नो आई विल बी वेरी हैप्पी टू नो एंड दिस नो दिस इज डेफिनेटली यू हैव टू बी इन देंड्स ऑफ द राइट मास्टर यू नो वेवर इज सॉर्ट ऑफ टेक्निक यू आर फॉलोइंग यू हैव टू प्रे कि यार वो सही होगा मतलब वैलिडेट है बिकॉज इट्स नॉट बैक बाय स्क्रिप्चर एनी वेयर द टेक्निक the sop i mean rajiv it might be it might be backed by scriptures just that when these techniques are are taught they teach it as their techniques in a way without referring to the scriptures perhaps yeah, there is no know, one way rajiv that's and, the and, that's the thing right there's no one way i think everything these masters teach if you look at uh, patanjali yoga sutras or somewhere in the scriptures it will be endorsed right like even vipassana the way of watching the breath is somewhere in bhagavad gita itself they say that that is one of the uh, ways of uh, meditation right so every every technique of every individual master you will find an endorsement of a sort only thing is you don't know which one to choose right there are so many different ways right? what jaggi was they teaches versus what uh, um uh, what uh, uh, you shri know, uh, or whatever shri shri teachers and what nityananda teachers each have a different technique right i i'm sure you will find an endorsement for each of those techniques somewhere but that is not a unique way right and they don't claim yeah. none of these people claim that this is a unique way right they're saying this is my way if you want to follow this right if you want to if you have trust in me and if you want to follow this you're welcome right that's all there is yeah and for and for a for a kind of a questioning or you know logical mind you know if actually they help they actually refer back to where is that coming from so for example when you're reading this chapter we kind of appreciate that the whole pranayama piece is coming out of the gita uh, and the upanishads perhaps uh, but you know at some level when these people talk you you kind of want to know where is it coming from they don't claim it is they almost claim it is theirs which is kind of a bit misleading sometimes sometimes i feel you know if they said look this is where it is coming from and it is well kind of established and it's coming from the ages uh, i think it'll help a lot of uh, you know skeptical folks like me kind of saying you know where See, is the, the the endorsement the only endorsement is the just the term pranayama just the term dhyana i'm not talking about that i'm talking of detailed sop do's don'ts you know 
that's the key i mean we've all made sop in our life right and the don'ts are as important like what rajesh is saying is absolutely right you know what this yeah. when i have a book at home next time i'll show it you know it's, it's called the dangerous consequences of meditation you know deadly or dangerous consequences of meditation you know so matlab main ye bol raha hu ki done wrong if it not it's not if not fatal it can definitely be deadly now what i'm saying is that in, in any sop just as do's don'ts are equally important there is no sort of endorsement of that anywhere that's what i'm talking about got it got it hmm. and oh, therefore oh, everybody patanjali yoga sutras has i mean patanjali you know, yoga sutras for example you know he says he yeah sorry rajesh you were saying something no no i said patanjali yoga sutras has a lot of details garanda samhita has a lot of details in that okay okay don'ts those are all not okay. called scriptures because those are all you know Uh, those are all the upangas or whatever but they have a lot of details i don't think people have the time and energy to go and read it and more importantly you know you think about it from the perspective of a master who is teaching it you know he is teaching it for all you might know he or she may not even have read the scriptures they might be just that uh, they might have that they might have had that experience that works for them and they are just teaching it so you expecting them to go back and do the referral and all that i don't think that's uh, it's too much to ask it's up to us to figure it out I don't think it's too and much to, to ask. Your this thing. I, I don't think it's Sorry. too much to ask, but you're fair enough. I mean, it's also for us to connect the dots. Right, and uh, I guess that is why Rajiv, what uh, Muku said about having a living master, right? That's important. So you get the, you know, how not to do, what not to do, and you know, uh, to get a, a way which works and uh, which is. Uh, legit, right? So you need to have a living guru for that purpose, at least, I guess. And also, my 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 experience is actually the because every being is unique, right? In terms of composition, how we think, you know, uh, the energies. So it's almost it's customized. I mean, I mean the the you know the, the early part of the yoga, the physical part, maybe all can be an SOP based, but beyond that, um, it's so custom tailored to you. uh to your specific journey so it it has to be that way because because we're also unique right because I mean, you and as a family with two two twins the kids who were born pretty much few seconds apart uh, even astrologically they're so different in characteristics we always see that and that is that is a whole essence of you know i think the the eastern philosophies it it acknowledges the uniqueness of every every being and that is why we have so many gods because even the physical representation of deities right is uh, the being needs to resonate with it right some being resonates with with the lion head and you know whatever right so the, the deities are also a representation of the being only so there are so many million beings that could be room for so many million deities uh, it's almost customized custom tailored the the the, the science is custom customized to that extent uh, yeah that's very well said muku and i was uh, reading a very brief commentary on on shloka 32 and all that it said and i'll read it out uh, as well it's it's short is that one of the beautiful features of the vedas is that they recognize and cater to the wide variety of human natures different kinds of sacrifice have thus been described for different kinds of performers the common thread running through them is that they are done with devotion as an offering to god with that understanding 
one is not bewildered by the multifarious instructions in the Vedas, and by pursuing the particular yagna suitable to one's nature, one can be released from material bondage. Beautiful. And that kind of applies to a lot of other things, not just yagna, of course. Right. I'll put it on the, on the, on the group. Yeah, please do. On the WhatsApp, not on this chat. Yeah, what's correct, what's happening, yeah. And, and since we are on the topic of pranayama, one other thing I want to uh, mention, uh, which I think Rajiv, you pointed it out, which I just, but it may be worth repeating once again. Breath and prana, prana are two different things. So mm. if you're doing breath control, please do not assume you're doing prana control. Okay. Prana is the energy which is contained in the breath. It is also contained, it's also outside. It's also contained in the food. It's also contained in the activities, what we do, everything, everything is prana. So breath is probably the easiest to control because there is a physical association of it. It's a very subtle difference and I can't explain it much, much more than what I have, what I'm finding. It, it, it is in one of the shlokas, no, Rajesh, one of the explanations, he says prana is five things. The uh, one is the intake of the food the digestion of the food, the excretory, this thing, and one is also about the mind. Uh, that's within the body. What I'm saying is that same prana is the one that moves the, tree, that moves the air. When you do pranayama, what are you doing? Are you doing pranayama control of your body, uh, body functions, the five functions that you talk about? Or are you controlling the entire prana which is moving in this entire universe? No. So what I'm saying is, you know, it's a very, very, very subtle concept. So please do not and please do not misinterpret breath and prana to be equivalent. That's all I'm saying. True. What do you mean by prana, which is moving around in this universe? Sorry, I lost that. So the prana air is energy, you breathe in contains energy that is prana. It's the same air that's actually going around in this in the space around you. Ah, okay. Prana and pranayama are two different things, is what he's trying to say. Pranayama is a subset of. Okay, it controls a subset of the prana, right? Prana is five different aspects within the body and outside, it means different things. Correct. Pranayama is just a breath control. It's one in, one interconnected ecosystem, right? That's what we're trying to... It's breath control, which kind of, uh, you know, influences all the five uh, functions. Yeah, no. internal five functions, yes. Hey, I'm actually, uh, I looked at 32, Ajay, when you were talking, and it says, therefore, innumerable sacrifices lie spread out before Brahman, literally at the mouth or face of Brahman. Know them all as born of action, and thus knowing you shall be liberated. So, like you said, it is uh, the techniques, like what you were saying. Good yeah, I think what yeah what I was saying with, with sort of that conclusion was that this is really a menu of of techniques, and as Muku was saying, you know, each person is different, right, in terms of their build and the configuration and everything else. And so I think all that it was saying is that, you know, there are different ways to sort of skin the cat for different people, but at the end of the day, the common sort of factor is that you do it with love and devotion as an offering to God. Yeah. 
and if you have read my posting yesterday about uh, bhakti and vaidavya jnana in kali yuga they saying the only technique that is needed is bhakti archapa yeah I was reading uh, recently uh, a letter from Sister Nivedita. I don't know if you know who that is, right? She is one of the Vedanta disciples, right? See how uh, it's a great example of how a living master works, right? I'll I'll post it. It's a long letter, but you know, you know, the living master. Once you get to him, right? The initial part is all this pranayama, but then slowly he works in the identity, right? Uh, what what we believe is who you are, you know, any the hard parts of identity i like and don't likes and uh, I, i think it's it's a very beautiful letter just 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 tell you a sense of how the uniqueness comes into play right how because the identity is very unique right? no two people like the same exact thing hit same exact thing or do the same perspective about the world right uh, and and that's where the, the subtler part of the science where you know where you when the where it starts working you and god are the same that that piece of the idea comes and starts to work the the the, the yoga nyana part of it right the, the life, living master's work is very critical you know and that's custom tailored so I'll, i'll share that letter i think it's a long letter but i'll find the link and share it it'll give a great insight you know uh, to all this uh, idea that you know how have this happening that's happening you know around the living master it gives a very good perspective of what happens really around the living master mm. Uh, just one more thing uh, what i read was uh, that 4.24 is actually the culmination of 4.18 where we started this action in an action and in action in action that one really sees in action in action when when you really start seeing it it leads to 4.24 where you see brahman in everything and then interestingly in uh, that brahman is the little brahman is the so what kind of identity it is so um, so apparently there are four types of uh, samanadikaran samanadikaran is different words representing same entity so the first one is that it is the identity that they are the same but brahman and ladle they are not same they are not identical ladle can't be called it's an appearance in brahman where it can't be called as brahman then the second is adjective adjectival so if you say a black cow i mean they are referring to the same entity um, but one is an adjective then the third one is uh, uh, what is used as a lingam or pratik so we put a shivling and we pray to it as shiva so there also there is it's representing shiva but it's a it's sort of an a symbol that's used the fourth one is actually where it's called as bad samanadikaran where you negate whatever is different so this what is used in shloka 4.24 is actually that fourth type of of uh, samanadikaran where brahman and ladle you have to remove the ignorance part and then they are saying so 
So I think that's where I think the beauty of 4.18 comes up. When you begin to see inaction in action, how do you see inaction in action? Like whatever is what you're seeing around is happening, moving around. It is not the, the Brahman, but the Brahman is the underlying identity, which is in action. So I thought that was very powerful way of explaining 4.24 and all rest of the uh, and again, why he started using this uh, concept of yajna, because uh, we have to imagine that during Arjun's time or during Mahabharata time, the way people understood religion was through yajna, because yajna were done to either achieve things for this loka or to get a better life after death. So, so he was familiar with yajna and everybody used to do it. So that's why he you, he used that example of yagna and he said how you can divinize all your actions. And that's why he went through all of these. But it was more whatever you can relate to. So it's not that if if I'm not into pranayam, it's not that I have to do, you know, that pranayam, yagna also. Uh, only then comprehensively, if everything is done, then 4.24 will be achieved. It's not like that. So uh, you can pick up any any or few of them and uh, they're definitely good for preparation yeah. then leading to 4.24 yeah well said alpana and those four samadhi samadhi currents right is there a link or something you can blurb something on whatsapp when you get a chance i'll do i'll do that all right thank you yeah. you know the last thing that you said alpana about uh that's used in Tattvamasi also. Yeah, yeah. This is, again, uh, I was reminded of it when Muku was talking about Vedita and that famous kind of uh, phrase, which is, you know, she says, everything is God. And then uh, Swami Vivekananda says, no, that is not true. God only is, which is really kind of a good, good sort of example of the fourth thing. That was with male Harry, by the way. <laughs> Oh, that's Harry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that was a different person. I never taught this doctrine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. She, she says that you know you you only said to me I that everything all is God. God. Is, I, I never I never taught this strange doctrine. Yeah. God only is. So that's kind of an example of the the last fourth one, which is correct. So bad samana dikaran is actually what is used in entire. Uh, you know, that's why I thought I'll introduce it there. This is how it is explained in a technical way. Interesting. Hey, uh, really appreciate that, Alpana. That was very clear. So thank you. The especially the the time period and and the, some of the traditions customs that were followed and the yagnas that people were very used to doing. Mm. Actually, I, I've heard this in in uh, Swami P's lectures, Swami G's lectures. They say that uh, you know just because they say that you have to go and and put all these dravyas into the fire doesn't mean that you have to go and start searching for those dravyas and go put it into the fire today. That was what was 
done in in that time and there yeah, was a no. lot of uh, sorry no no go ahead go ahead but finish it sorry i i was going to uh, bring up one of the discussions in the in the bigger uh, bits group that came up i shared some of that with guntax also and uh, you are there so you you see everything that's happening and when we start interpreting things exactly like how they are you you dig yourself into the, you go down this real big rabbit hole and then you start questioning and challenging everything um and it's i, I just feel it's it's baseless <laughs> so that that's why i thought it was very clear the way you explained it i think guns i always think you know somebody who's a seeker is a luxury of life right 99.9% don't have a luxury so you will always be a smaller group but you know it's truly is a luxury of life this idea is you know what what it can what what the gift it can give to a being is is an ultimate luxury of life which no money or nothing can bring to the fulfillment is a such a luxury of life it's, it's always i a, think it's just evolution over everybody will reach here at some point correct it's that that different stages that's all That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Correct. Yeah. Right. Um, one more point. It was interesting that after pranayam, we got to uh, niyamit ahar, uh, and I think the link uh, in one commentary is that a lot of prana is wasted in digesting food. So, so that's why um, <laughs> uh, we should have niyamit ahar. And what does it mean? Uh, what we eat. uh how much we eat when we eat and how we eat actually if you are happy and then you eat it will be digested better otherwise prana has to work harder and you know so it was very interesting <laughs> thank you atana this is i'm going to use this as a as an explicit plug for for chaturmasa coming up in exactly a month <laughs> <laughs> in fact so, uh, i can i can uh, one of the things my well, initiations i got from a guru is around nirahara samyama right which is 21 days uh, i think rajesh has done it also where it's it's a process 23 days basically you you're on liquid diet pretty much you don't eat anything right so it's uh, but i can see the prana elevation um like in in that time so i i do once time to time i do it even now you know for a few for a week or so i just do that when i feel it but definitely the prana elevation when you're not digesting the food basically when you eat liquid basically the digestion load is very low right mm. because it's it's you can drink uh, so it it's a huge difference how you feel um it's just how you feel it's not about the weight or it's not what you lose none of that how the body is light like almost like flying um, i mean i can experientially see that nirara samyama gives that experience for me you know watch for that so just curious moko what does the liquid diet consist of no basically it's it just you can don't chew anything don't chew with your teeth right you can just mince your roti and dal and eat it too just oh, don't chew. okay that way right. yeah don't okay. chew that's the idea nice don't chew you can have khichdi uh, okay yeah <laughs> wow or juices milk shakes i mean you don't mean something sense to be sweet too sweet right that's why 
I, I normally mix it with like a dal, dal chawal, mince it and eat it kind of a thing. Okay, got it. And then another thing it said was that uh, spiritual practices are marathons. They are not sprint. So do them in moderation. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so it says start with the smallest and practice the easiest first. So that's why we are given so many options. <laughs> Don't try to control the mind as the first thing after sitting still. And that's why they say, look at your breath. And because it works uh, when whenever we are calm, we notice that our breath is calmer. So vice versa also works. If we calm the breath, it'll calm the mind. Very reassuring. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Those were my comments. Yeah. I just want to quickly add on the, the food part. So not, not to introduce a competing school. I don't do chaturmasa, but I do what is called intermittent fasting, uh, which is eat only like during a certain number of hours contiguously, and then all the other hours I fast. So I try to do what is 16-8. So 16 hours I fast and restrict all my eating to within eight hours, generally between 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. or so is when I eat. And it's very interesting to note the same thing, like all the, the good benefits, but also about how much percentage of the time we are thinking about food or what to eat, what to plan to eat, and so on. All that kind of goes away. But in this, yeah, it's, it's like all compressed into that one short time and then uh, you, you are I, done. I, but it does I, I will, make you feel really good too. Yeah. I, I, will, I will really recommend... Uh, Krishna's blog on intermittent fasting. I was inspired by that. Uh, I have it on my sort of, I've saved it for, I read it often. Uh, I, I've gotten to 1410 and I totally sort of, uh, you know, resonate with you, Krishna. It just makes your sort of, you know, the time that you eat and focus on food, it gets compressed and it's, you know, in 16 hours, I think the, the basic science is that it allows you to digest everything before you, you eat and that's always a good thing. But, you know, Krishna can repost it, but that's really a nice thing to read. Actually, 4.24 explanation. Um, there's another interesting one that this shloka is actually referring to a number of shlokas within Gita itself. So the first one is uh, by which you are eating refers to 13.13 .13, which says a thousand hands so it's just that everywhere whatever you are eating then uh, whatever is putting into the mouth then what you are eating refers to 9.16 which is i am the un um, then one who is eating is 15.7 so so it's very very interesting references that uh, Ram Suptas Ji has made of different parts to different shlokas. And then offering food to fire of hunger is 9.16 again. Uh, and then those who are eating uh, like this is 4.31. So 4.31 is the one which we did that um, we should only eat after offering it. So 
you know whatever is the whatever is we we should partake as the prashad after offering it uh, so it was very interesting that he referred to all parts of that shloka to different shlokas of the uh, of gita itself can you post that alpana can you please last yes. connection of shlokas ंग Unfortunately, we can't. We don't have tele teleportation yet ready. <laughs> This is mango season, so there is lot of yeah. there's a lot of mangoes, and especially now where I'm at, there's quite a few mangoes, more than we can even yeah. uh, see or eat. <laughs> is this is this is this mango reference coming from last week? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, you were in there last week, is it? Yeah, I didn't join last week. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't there either. I just uploaded the, uh, uh, the uh, audio. I think you should you should listen to it at least. Do a speed listen. I think it's fun. No, no, I will, I will, I will, I was watching Top Gun Maverick. So, <laughs> okay, I think we have almost come to the end of uh, the time what we have. So, any last comments from anyone? I think there have been several: Rajini, Ashish, Lakshmi. who have been listening silently and uh, laughing in the back end rajesh nothing today just uh, listening absorbing and enjoying nothing for me too thanks for asking interesting discussion and nothing from me I've been in and out, but I've been absorbing everything you've been saying. So, I will get some mangoes, though. <laughs> no, Ajay is pretty curious. He has to go and listen to last week now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, say our concluding prayer. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Ha. सर्वे सर्वे श्रीगुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम थैंक यू सो मच एवरीवन अल्पना यू ऑलरेडी मेंशन दिस श्लोकस फॉर नेक्स्ट वीक राइट Till thirty-seven. Uh, thirty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See you around. Hariyom. Yom. Hariyom. Bye. See you all. Hariyom.